0: You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly.
1: And I'm Eric. And this is episode 71.
0: Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Hi. (laughs) That's it? That's all? All right. Let's do this. You ready? Are you ready for the twists and turns of what I'm about to tell you? It's crazy. Sure. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. Nancy Hazel was born November 4th, 1905 to Louisa and James Hazel in Aniston, Alabama, more specifically Blue Mountain, Alabama. She had four sisters and one brother. Uh, and growing up, by the time she was about five years old, she gained the nickname Nanny. So I will be referring to her as Nanny. McPhee? Who the fuck is that? Is that an actress?
1: It's a show or a movie or something.
0: Okay. Anyways. It's really stupid, Sorry. <laughs> Her parents, Louise and James, were farmers, so she grew up on a farm, duh, and she just, you know, lived that lifestyle. Growing up, her father was abusive and controlling towards his children, so when it came to their mother, she was kind of just going along with it because, you know, that's what her husband did. It was, you know, the early 1900s, so she kind of really didn't stop anything.
1: Okay. Where women don't have a say.
0: Yeah, I guess (laughs) you could say that.
1: Old America.
0: Yes. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of, in this case, a lot you'll kind of know But
1: I'm that, not so. for. I'm just. No, no, no,
0: no, I know, I know, I know. No,
1: no I'm no, telling, I know you know oh, that, oh, but okay, I'm just yeah. telling the audience.
0: Okay. <laughs> when Nanny was nine years old, her family decided to hop on a train and visit some family in Southern Alabama. But while on this train ride, the train like made this sudden stop and Nanny had actually hit her head on a metal pole. I think it was maybe like the seat in front of her and she smacked her head on it really hard. And she kind of just, like, wasn't the same after this. Why are you laughing about I that? I mean, if
1: you're, if you're sitting on the train and saw that. I, I, mean. I
0: know. That's, she's like a little nine-year-old girl, though. That's
1: <laughs> Even <fucked> better.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, she kind of just wasn't the same. She suffered from migraines. Uh, she would black out. And she just oh, went shit. through this whole depression and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. That's not cool. So, yeah. Just take your laughs back. No, no I'm just kidding. So most of the time, Nanny's parents would pull her out of school to work on the farm. So by the time she was actually in sixth grade, she decided to just quit and work on the farm. Although James, their father, wouldn't let any of their daughters wear like dresses or makeup or anything. Like when they were when she was in school, like she wasn't they weren't allowed to go to like school dances or social events. And I'm sure like, you know, by that time, you know, she didn't care. She was in, you know, not going to school anyways. But like that was just how controlling he was. hmm. To escape from everything, Nanny would stay in her bedroom most of the time. She would crochet, and she would, like, I don't know if she stole them, but she would, like, take her mom's um, romance magazines, and she would read those.
1: She loved Romance them. magazines? Romance like magazines.
0: No, I don't think they were that. Like, sounds like
1: a, like. I don't a think
0: they were like that, but, like.
1: guy's word for porn.
0: I, it might be. I don't know. more like. Romance like, I don't magazine. know. Yeah. <laughs> this is, again, early 1900s, so I don't. Should we look it up? No, I was kidding. <laughs> but she specifically liked the lonely hearts column that was in there. So she would fantasize over meeting like her Prince Charming one day that would save her from, you know, her father pretty uh-huh. much. Now I'm so curious about what these magazines are really about.
1: <laughs> Porno. <laughs> All
0: right. So not only was Annie helping, you know, with her parents on the farm. Um, but she worked at a linen factory, and this is where she meets Charlie Braggs when she was just 16 years old. Nanny and Charlie ended up getting married after just four months of dating, and her father was totally approving of this. So 16-year-old Nanny and 19-year-old Charlie got married. Hmm. Charlie was the only son to a single mother, so after they got married, she like forced them to live with her. This led Nanny right back to how she was living at home with her father. Charlie's mother was exactly like her father James, like she was abusive, controlling, and Nanny even stated after being married and living with her mother-in-law, quote, I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed about four or five months who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She never seen anything wrong with what she'd done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night, unquote. So she wouldn't even like let her own mother like stay. Yeah. And she, I don't know what she meant by the spells thing, but
1: sounds like a witch or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So two years after marrying one another, they started to have children. From 1922 to 1926, they had four daughters together: Gertrude, Zelmer, Florine, and Melvina. You tell by how old this case is.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like horrible names.
0: All that's the, horrible think Florine, names. They're I like that,
1: name. definitely early 1900 names.
0: Right, for sure, for sure. So, during all these, you know, years of being pregnant, raising these little girls, dealing with her mother-in-law, and, you know, she finds out that her husband's cheating on her.
1: Fucking bastard.
0: Dick. So.
1: After she, what she has to put up with with his mom.
0: Right. Exactly. I know. So, she's, like, stuck at home, like, raising all the kids, and he's just fucking out. <laughs> he's just <laughs> out. He's, just, he's, he's out. out. No, he's not fucking out. out. <laughs> he's <laughs> out
1: fucking. That's what I meant to
0: say. Yeah, uh, so. He's fucking out. He's fucking out. He's out fucking other girls. <laughs> uh, yikes! So he would leave without telling nanny where he was going and be gone for like days at a time. Like what a shitty ass husband.
1: Um, so I don't want to ruin the story, but I am hoping for something. So just spend,
0: you're hoping know, for something
1: for some revenge right there.
0: Oh, we'll see. So <laughs> nanny was so tired of everything at this point, she started to smoke and drank heavily to cope with it. In 1927, two of their daughters, the two youngest, Gertrude and Zelmer, they died, like kind of unsuspectedly from suspected food poisoning. What? Yeah, yeah, their deaths were actually ruled accidental, but like they, no, like no autopsies were performed at all. They were just ruled accidental. That's so, sad. So really weird, right? So yeah, nanny was able to collect $500 from each of their life insurance policies. Charlie ended up, this is the weird part, Charlie ended up taking their oldest daughter, Malvina, but leaving the youngest one home because uh, she was afraid of, he was, sorry, he was afraid of Nanny, like, <clears throat> he, because he really thought that she had something to do with their deaths, like, to the point where, like, she would make meals for him, like, before this, like, after this kind of happened, before he left, and, like, he refused to eat any of it, like, he would not eat any of her food. He thought. That Nanny Nanny killed killed her own kids. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, fuck this, takes Melvina. Don't know why he left the youngest one, but and then he just leaves. Charlie, like I said, yeah, he did leave the youngest one at home, hoping that, you know, she was going to be in the care of his mother. But shortly after he left, his mother died. His, her
1: mother-in-law. The one they were living with, the mother-in-law.
0: So Nanny and Florine were living alone in her mother-in-law's house after she'd passed away. So it was all the way until the next summer of 1928 that Charlie finally came back. It was that long that he was gone with Melvina. But he came back with Melvina, a new girlfriend, and her child. So at this point, like he wanted a divorce, so they got divorced in 1928. Very weird situation, right? Yeah, because for that's, sure. Yeah, so after the divorce, Nanny got custody of the two girls and just left Charlie behind. That was the, kind of the end of Charlie. But Nanny was still on the hunt to find her Prince Charming, though. Thankfully, it didn't take too long until she once again was browsing through the Lonely Hearts column, (laughs) and she met a man- Of
1: her romance magazine. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) And met a man a year later in 1929 by the name of Robert Franklin Harrelson, and the two got married after he sent her romantic letters after, you know, they met one another. Because this is back in the day. They had to send letters to each other, right? Well, we
1: kind of do that now. We just- Yeah. It's just with technology. Yeah, yeah,
0: Exactly. So the Lonely move-
1: Hearts was like the first fucking uh, tender.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> and some romance yeah. magazine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like a 1930s hustler with a fucking Tinder ad in it.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, she meets, um, <clears throat> she meets Robert and the two move to Jacksonville, Alabama with her two daughters. Although Nanny should have taken a little bit more time to get this to know this man, because not only was Robert an alcoholic, but he had a criminal record of multiple assault charges, but then it just didn't really scare off Nanny. She, you know, decided to stay with him after all this. Melvina, Nanny's oldest daughter, was old enough. You know, she grew up, this is 1942 now, so she ended up getting married. And then a year later, 1943, she gave birth to her son, Robert Lee Haynes. Two years after the birth of her son in 1945, Melvina had a second child, but this time a daughter. So now Nanny is a grandnanny. Wow. <laughs> Melvina is so tired at this point, you know, she just wants to rest. She has a newborn. She has a toddler running around, right? So Nanny stepped up to help her while she rested. Like I was saying, Melvina is exhausted. She's groggy and she's actually on a number of sed- sedatives, but she swears that at one point she sees her mother, Nanny holding her newborn baby girl, but, like... And she had a hat pin in her hand. I mean, back in the day, you know, those hat pins, like, to keep your hat on, they put a little pin in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Sees a hat pin in her hand, and she stabs the baby in the head with it.
1: What the fuck?
0: Yeah. So, she's like, what the hell? And she even, like, talked to her husband and her sister about it, and they agreed, seeing nanny, do this. And they actually saw a hat pin in her hand. So, they were like, what the hell? Like, so... Sure enough, the baby ended up dying shortly after that. The doctors couldn't confirm a cause of death, so it was ruled an accident.
1: This is not the revenge story I wanted.
0: I know. I know it's not. But let me continue. (laughs) You look so upset.
1: Please continue. This is great.
0: So doctors just couldn't give a positive explanation as to how she had died. After the loss of their daughter, Melvina and her husband, they just kinda started to drift apart. So eventually Melvina moved on and began dating a soldier in July of nineteen forty five. Although Nanny did not approve of them like them dating. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. So this is after she killed her baby? Uh
0: her after so Nanny, yeah, I mean supposedly.
1: Supposedly Nanny killed her infant with a fucking hat pin. Yes. And then now this is later on. She moved on.
0: Melvina, the the baby that she lost, nanny's daughter. Her and her husband they kind of drifted apart after Uh dealing with the grief of losing their baby.
1: No one went to the authorities or anything. No, it was just ruled.
0: It was ruled an accident. They did no autopsy.
1: But they said they saw it.
0: Yeah, but nobody really believed. Nobody. Yeah, they couldn't prove it. They couldn't. How do you prove it? So that. And then the the doctor never like you know. Whoever you know, the they didn't do an autopsy though, so they just ruled it an accident. That like, I don't know, the baby fell or something, and to so the how. same
1: lady that had an accidental death of her two children.
0: Yes, nanny. This yeah, her two youngest oh children died. Oh my god! That's when, Charlie so left.
1: That's when Charlie left because he thought he she killed them.
0: Yeah, because he was like, oh, it's weird, suspicious. And then
1: they saw her hold her grandchild. As an infant, and stab her in the head with the hat pin, but nothing's happening to her.
0: Correct.
1: This is stupid.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. This is why I told you this is a crazy twist and turn, like twist and turn. This bitch is crazy. killing kids
1: and getting away with it left and right. It sounds like
0: it does sound like that, right? Yeah, it was totally ruled an accident, and no autopsy for anybody that has oh, died so fuck far. Nanny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm on Charles' I know.
1: side now. <laughs> Glad he was fucking out. I mean, out fucking.
0: <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh man. Right. Okay, so continue. Like I said, they they drifted apart after you know they're grieving the loss of their baby girl. So Melvina kind of moves on. She starts dating a soldier in July of nineteen forty-five. Like I said, Nanny did not approve of the like them dating. She did not like him. So. One night, Nanny and Melvina got a huge fight over this new boyfriend. And I mean, he wasn't there or anything, but they just got a huge fight over it. And so Melvina just storms out, leaving her two-year-old son, Robert, in the care of Nanny while she went to go see her father. She's like, fuck you, bitch. I'm (laughs) going to go see my dad, but leaves her son behind. That night, July 7th, 1945, Robert dies mysteriously. Her son.
1: The child, the two-year-old. Yes. That she left behind.
0: Yes. He apparently died from asphyxia from unknown causes. And just two months later, Nanny collected the $500 in life insurance that she had taken out two months prior to his death. Weird. I don't know why Nanny's getting that money when it's her grandchild, not her child. But I thought that was weird. So. Melvina obviously furious because this is now her second child that has died in the care of her mother. She tells people that she thinks her own mother killed her children, but nobody believes her. She d- nobody believes that nanny uh, would harm her own I grandchildren. I would
1: have killed her already. Who cares if, she, if it's oh your my mother? God, Jesus, seriously, if no one's believing you or anything, fucking kill know, that bitch. She I took know. two of your children. That's heartbreaking.
0: For sure, I don't know about murder, but yeah, for like, I'd be absolutely. Oh, no, I, wouldn't I leave would my fucking kids in, kill that bitch. I would leave my kids in the care of, you know, my that my mother potentially, you know. Bitch needs to go. <laughs> um. So, Nanny and her second husband, Robert Harrelson, they've been married for 16 years at this point. Nanny was just fed up with all the yelling, the drinking, the cheating. One night in September 1945, Robert goes out for a heavy night of drinking to to celebrate the end of World War II. Robert came home trying to force himself onto Nanny, but she was just like refusing this. She's like, fuck no, get the hell off of me. I'm tired of you. It is unknown if he like actually raped her or not. But either way, she wanted to act in revenge. Nanny found his moonshine, and she actually laced it with rat poison. She later stated, quote, I went and I got the whiskey bottle out of the flower bin in the kitchen and poured poison into it. I thought I'd just teach him a lesson, end quote. So you're not... She's getting revenge towards one of her husbands.
1: Well, yeah, and that totally could be true that he he did rape her or whatever, tried to, and, you know, that's fucked up. I know, super fucked up. But, like...
0: Don't get revenge, people.
1: But let's start putting the puzzle pieces together. Her two children died of food poisoning, and now she's putting rat poison in the whiskey uh, for her uh, husband. Uh, uh. Mm.
0: So Robert did get sick, but the sickness lasted for about a week or so before he ended up dying on September 16th, 1945. No autopsy was performed, and it was just assumed that he died from food poisoning. Nanny collected $2,000 from his life insurance policy after his death. So Nanny has now collected $3,500 at this point. So she goes and buys a plot of land and a house near Jacksonville, Alabama. Two years later, in 1945, Nanny was traveling through Lexington, North Carolina, where she decided to place an ad in the Lonely Hearts column. Mm. And sure enough, she meets Arlie Lanning and the two marry just three days after meeting each other. This is where she met her Prince Charming. They lived happily ever after. No, I'm just kidding. 47-year-old <sighs> Arlie God. was an alcoholic and a womanizer, just like her other husbands. So, obviously, this is not a good relationship. Nanny involved herself in the local Methodist church. People at this church and around town knew that Arlie loved sex workers, so a lot of people sympathized with Nanny. They thought of her as a doting housewife, as Arlie would leave for months at a time, just like her other husbands. <laughs> so, five years into their marriage, on February sixteenth, nineteen fifty-two, when Arlie was fifty-two years old, he died from what they thought was heart failure, since he was, you know, a heavy drinker, as well as there was like a heavy, like flu virus that was like circulating at this time. But it was later revealed that Nanny actually added rat poisoning to one of his meals. Mm-hmm. So Nanny collects fifteen hundred dollars insurance from. You know, Arlie's death.
1: Just dropping him and collecting the insurance.
0: Uh, huh. mm-hmm. At his funeral, everyone was, like, very supportive of her and, you know, grieving the death of her husband, you know, alongside of her. Nanny believed she was going to be able to keep the house that they were living in since they were married. But when he died, he had actually already put his sister's name in the will. Ooh, bitch. To receive the house in case anything happened to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After Nanny found this out, she was like, fuck this shit, packed up all her shit, and she left the house, obviously pissed, right? Yeah. Shortly after leaving though, Arlie's house burnt to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but it was ruled an accidental of fire. Of course, of
1: course. Because <laughs> everything there is an accident.
0: <laughs> I know. Alabama, I know. the state I'm of accidents. Was... That
1: actually sounds really bad.
0: No, <laughs> oh, was that Alabama or North Carolina? Yeah, I think that was Alabama. <laughs>
1: but was rule an, an accident. Yes. No arson detective <laughs> went around looking for clues. Uh, it
0: was North Carolina. But yeah, um, <laughs> so after this nanny was like literally expecting a check because even though it was like under her sister's his sister's name, she thought maybe she's going to get a check for it. One thing I didn't tell you was that nanny wasn't headed home to her house after this house burning down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was headed to Arlie's mother's house to live there for a while. So I'm assuming she's probably waiting for this check to come to the house, maybe, because when it came, it was obviously addressed to Arlie's sister, you know, not Nanny, the one that owned the house technically after he died. So it is believed that in revenge, she ended up killing Arlie's mother because she was found that she had died in her sleep that same night that she like got the check or whatever. So Nanny took this check and she cashed it illegally before leaving North Carolina. So she bounced Nanny was actually on her way to see her sister, Dovey, who was bedridden with cancer. But weird, shortly after Nanny's arrival, her sister dies. And uh, I'm assuming doctors just thought it was maybe from her cancer because, again, no autopsy was performed. This is when Nanny is like, damn, now I need to find a man (laughs) who's not an alcoholic, won't cheat on me. You know, so... She just wants to live happily ever after, right?
1: She doesn't deserve it, but yeah. She does not,
0: no. So she joins the Diamond Circle Club, which is a dating service. She soon meets Richard L. Morton and the two marry in 1952 in Emporia, Kansas. Nanny finally found a man that wasn't an alcoholic, but he was a womanizer and he definitely didn't mind cheating on Nanny.
1: One out of two. <laughs>
0: yes. Because he, too, like her other husbands, would be gone for long periods of time with various women. She knows how to find the right men. Men, yeah. men.
1: Maybe you don't go to these fucking dating things or fucking look through her fucking porno magazine. Yeah. <laughs> for a boyfriend.
0: Maybe not. Yeah. So not only was she dealing with that, he, um, her mother actually had fell and she broke her hip. So Nanny had to take her in because her father, James, had already passed away. Shortly after Louisa, Nanny's mother, moved in. Um, she started to complain of like severe stomach pains and then she ended up dying January 3rd, 1953 <laughs> at 74 years old. I know. Weirdly, her fourth husband, Richard, finally decided to come home and after just five months um, after her mother's death on May 19th, 1953, Richard dies after he drank two oh cups of coffee. <laughs> and Nanny had put arsenic in his coffee that he obviously was unaware of. And Richard's last words were, quote, I shouldn't have drunk that second cup of coffee, unquote. Oh. His death was not seen as suspicious.
1: Bitch is just stacking bodies.
0: And Nanny was... A- <laughs> stacking bodies. Oh, God, it's horrible. Nanny was able to collect $1,500. Yep, yep. It sounds like <laughs> a game of fucking
1: Monopoly. <laughs> Like, get married. (laughs) She pulled another card. You've just met someone. Get married. (laughs) Goes around the fucking board. They're dead. Collect $200.
0: (laughs) It totally
1: does. Without ever having to go to jail.
0: Literally. Literally. So true. So yeah, she got $1,500 from the life insurance payout. But Nanny takes no time moving on to the next.
1: Of course.
0: (laughs) Just one month. Later, in June of 1953, Nanny marries her fifth husband, 58-year-old Samuel Doss of Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: Okay, doesn't one of these husbands or guys that she meets just ask, like, so, uh, you've been married before? Yeah, seven times. <laughs> seven they all died. <laughs> like, what
0: the f- I bet she's lying She's gotta she be, like, lying to. about it or something. Like, oh. Yeah. They all die. Oh, weird, all. But like, you gotta be aware you
1: run into somebody like you hear about that bitch uh, fucking five dead husbands or whatever.
0: Right, right, right. You would, th- you would think. <laughs> no, he's believing anybody though. <laughs> so, what do you think they met though? Through the lonely Church. heart column. <laughs> but Samuel was different than the other men. He actually was a minister. Um, But he very much disapproved of Nanny reading those romance novels. He did Mm, not like
1: it. Because they're porn. He
0: did not like it. She fucking
1: finds them at the end of the fucking rat poison section in the grocery store.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. But this is where I draw a line.
1: Oh, now you're drawing a line? He he wouldn't allow her
0: (laughs) to read her detective magazines. Pull out the rat poison. This is where he draw the line, people. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, I, <laughs> I thought she was. Kidding. I thought she's I was killing kidding. him because of that.
0: No. But yeah, he wouldn't let her read her detective magazines. Good. Her true this detective This bitch needs magazines. some direction
1: in life. Look at her. Look what she's done. Fool <laughs> needs, she needs to dunk her dunk. face with some holy water or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. He wouldn't allow her to have a radio, and she wasn't allowed to like go to her neighbor's house and like watch TV with her. So, him. like her dad. She's so very controlling. Very
1: controlling, like her dad. Yeah. She's finding a lot of dudes like her dad.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, like I was actually wrote that. She probably felt like she was in prison, you know, like she always felt with all these relationships. And so, you know, she was feeling that she knows how
1: to get out of those, though.
0: Yeah, She she does. (laughs) So she's like, this relationship is not working. September of 1954, a little over a year into their marriage, Samuel developed flu-like symptoms Mm. and he was admitted to a Tulsa hospital. He stayed in the hospital for a month because he was diagnosed with a severe digestive tract infection. The doctors did suspect foul play, but they had no proof. So he actually began to like feel better, and he was actually released October 5th, 1954, into Nanny's care. Mm. Guess what? He died. He died less than a week later on October 10th, 19, 1954. So this is what happened with Samuel. Nanny had taken out two life insurance policies— On Samuel, so she was like, "He needs to die." (laughs) So she first tried to poison his prune cake with arsenic, which landed him in the hospital.
1: Fucking cake sounds poison. I know you had the fucking poison. I
0: read that too. I was like, "This is disgusting." Prune cake. (laughs) cake." Yum. (laughs) So eating this, she put arsenic. Eat the rat poison. (laughs) So yeah, she puts arsenic in it, lands him in the hospital. But it didn't obviously kill him. He got released out of the hospital, right? Oh. So comes back and he laces coffee with arsenic, which that's what ended up killing him. Finally, when Samuel died, his doctors were like so alerted by like his death, by now like they were like, We need to do an autopsy. Thank God somebody's like, We need to do an autopsy. I'm like, finally, when I read that, when they did his autopsy, they discovered that he had enough arsenic to kill a horse in his body. They immediately called police, and Nanny Doss was arrested. Finally. I know. Nanny didn't confess at first exactly what she had done, but she did admit that she killed Samuel because he got on her nerves. Poor Nanny. (laughs) Newspapers got a hold of her story, and everyone started to realize... Oh yeah, all of her husbands were dying. (laughs) And like so all these like other tips were pouring in, talking, you know, about other people in her family that had died, just like all these people that were dying. You know, that were actually really close to Nanny. Someone had confronted Nanny about one of her husbands, Richard, you know, her fourth husband to be exact. But Nanny was like, No, that's weird. I've never heard of him. So someone actually came forward with proof that she in fact knew him. So Nanny stated, quote, well, I guess I wasn't telling the truth. I was married to him, unquote. So I just have to play this clip really quick. Spoiler alert. She does confess to these crimes. But this interview was done before she confessed. And mind you, this is the 1950s, so her choice of words was based on that time. It's not now. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to play that clip real quick.
2: Nanny Dawes. How many girls are in the women's side at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary?
3: There's 31 on my side and 26 on the colored side.
2: Do all the girls call you Manny?
3: Uh most of them call me Mama. Mama? Yes, sir.
2: May I call you Manny in the That's condition? right. Where were you born, man?
3: I was born in Alabama, Anderson.
2: Did you have a large family?
3: I had four sisters and a brother. Were you rich? No, sir. Family. Did you work in the field?
2: Yes, sir.
3: How long? All my life.
2: How old were you when you first got married?
3: Sixteen.
2: And how many times were you married? Five. Why are you in the penitentiary now? All the
3: time, i killed my husband.
2: Which uh, your last husband? Yes, sir. Did they say you killed any anymore? Yes, And your other husband? Which of them? Very early. Did you?
3: No,
2: sir. How did they say you claimed they they killed her? They
3: claimed I poisoned
2: them. Did you say you didn't poison them? I didn't. Uh, At the time you were convicted, was there a lot of talk in the newspapers about that conviction?
3: Yes, sir. What did they say
2: about it? Oh, they just said all kinds of nasty things. Do
3: you think they were right? No, sir.
2: You still maintain that you did not poison your either your last husband or anything
3: else. I certainly do.
2: Uh, Nanny, what would you like to have more than anything else in the world?
3: Well, my freedom first, and the next, I like a small TV for my room.
2: You like a lot of television? Yes. Yeah. What do you like to
3: see? Well, I like to see a, a good story. I like to see a good singing. You mean
2: preaching? Yes. Sir. Do you listen to preaching sermons within the prison wall?
3: Yes. How
2: about music?
3: I, oh, yeah. listen to, I listen to all kinds of music. What kind of music? Like? Well, I really like how he the music. How about this
2: rock and roll Elvis Presley music
3: you Well, I don't feel very much about it myself.
2: How about the younger girls
3: over there? Right? They enjoy it very much.
2: Getting back to the reason you were convicted, uh, who do you blame for that? What's that. Why?
3: Well, I didn't know anything about it. You know, the county told me to go down and say, guilty I just did.
2: Do you think it's valuable for people to have some knowledge of the
3: law? I certainly do. In cases like this? I certainly do.
2: How long was you being prison?
3: Well, I spent it for life.
2: Did you ever get out?
3: I hope.
2: What would you do if
3: you get it? I would take my daughter's children and put them all for together and try to raise
2: them. What sort of a living would you try to make? What would you do?
3: Well, I don't know anything except in housekeeping and farm work.
2: What do you do over in the women's side of the prison? I work
3: in laundry. Iron? Iron and Washington. Does that
2: pay
3: you any money? Nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Kept in on a wash
2: for the, the girls. If you could... Uh, Say something to people on the outside, say a mother who has a teenage daughter. What would you tell her about raising that daughter?
3: I'd tell her to church and people close by.
2: You think love is important today? Yeah. Thank you very much, Nanny Doss. Okay.
0: So that was the interview of Nanny Doss after her arrest and everything like that.
1: Crazy bitch.
0: I know, I know. And I'm sorry, I just thought it was funny how she stated that if, you know, the interview guy was like, you know, what if you ever get out? And she was like, oh, I'll get all my daughter's children together and try to raise them myself. It was just like, bitch, you just killed your freaking daughter's children, your grandchildren, like your yeah. husband's. What the hell is going to put those children in your care? You're psycho. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gather my daughter's children. And kill them all. That's exactly what I wanted. Her to say. Exactly. That's what she wants to do.
0: For sure. Exactly. <laughs> Like I said, she confessed to all the murders. She confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister, her grandson, and her mother-in-law. But weirdly, she never confessed to her granddaughter, the one that supposedly she poked the head, her hat pin in the head with. Yeah, she never really confessed to that. She stated after her confession, quote, now my conscience is clear, unquote. While Nanny was recounting what she had done, people said she would laugh and giggle like a schoolgirl, and she lacked any compassion for what she had done. Nanny was only charged for the murder of Samuel Doss and pleaded guilty on May 17th, 1955 to avoid a murder trial. She received life in prison and avoided the death penalty. Thankfully, they did exhume several of the bodies, and they found large quantities of arsenic or rat poison in their systems. Thank God they did that to prove, like, yeah. The state justice departments of North Carolina, Kansas, and Alabama also charged her for the murders committed in those states, although she was only tried in Oklahoma. Crazy enough, Nanny reportedly was already lined up, lining up her next husband when Samuel died. <laughs> of course she was. <laughs> John H. Keel, a North Carolina dairy farmer who had been exchanging letters with her for a while with uh, Nanny. He later stated, quote, I'm, pr- I'm mighty proud I didn't meet her and she didn't come down here. From now on, I am through with these women who make their matches by mail, unquote. So at least he was smart enough not to, hopefully. Yeah, when you brush
1: with fucking death. I know,
0: I know. Like I said, Nanny would laugh and giggle when recounting what she did. um, And she just loved being in front of the cameras, always smiling for photographers. So when it came to the money, Nanny said she wasn't in it for the money. She said, quote, I was searching for the perfect mate, the real romance in life, unquote. Investigators believe otherwise. They believe she did it for the money and convenience. Kill a husband, get a new husband, kill a husband, get a new husband.
1: That's how you search for him.
0: (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Relatives recalled her actually enjoying planning the funerals for like all of these people. So they're like, oh shit, that kind of makes sense. Nanny actually blames it on the actions of the time that she was on this train and she hit her head. She she blames on, yeah, on suffering that as a child. Yeah. Psychiatrists did observe her at the Eastern State Hospital for 90 days and declared her mentally ill, although others claimed that she was sane. This case led the Oklahoma legislature to pass a law that requires medical examiners to examine all individuals who died without being attended by a physician. While in prison, she told an interviewing reporter, quote, when they got shorthanded in the kitchen here, I always offer to help out, but they never let me, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. You're fucking trying to poison everybody. Nanny <laughs> <laughs> Doss ended up dying from leukemia in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965 at the age of 59 years old. She was buried at the Oak Hill Memorial Park in McAllister, Oklahoma. So like I was saying, remember, she was like laughing and giggling like a schoolgirl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She was dubbed the Giggling Granny, the Lonely Hearts Killer, the Black Widow, and Lady Bluebeard. But her best one's known as the Giggling Granny. In that's her. That's the best name. one. That's her stupid. That's, that's seriously, not even scary. That's, that, I know. That, I know,
1: I know. Like black widows in there. like saying. Come on.
0: <laughs> you should name her like Nanny Doss, the family killer, or something. I don't know. But I hate those fucking names. <laughs> but that's the story of Nanny Doss, the family killer. Um. Yeah. You should fucking name
1: her. Don't marry this crazy bitch. I <laughs> know. Seriously.
0: Yeah, it's wild that it took that many people to find her fifth husband and so many family members to, like, die. Like, not even her own family members or, Her you know, kids. Whole mother-in-law, I guess. But yeah, her kids, started kids. with that shit. Seriously, yeah, I know. He, I know, he, I think you were expecting revenge on the husband and then you're like, wait, her kids? Yeah, there was no
1: revenge here. She did, no. she's a piece of shit. She is a piece of shit. Or was. She
0: was. Thank God she's dead. But thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Rate, review, tell a friend. We appreciate it. Until next Monday, stay safe and be aware.